This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. to you the second message of the sheep and shepherds. For those of you who are not here two weeks ago, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that message because a lot of what I'm saying today will be in the context of that previous message. So if you haven't heard it, it's online, it's there. But basically last time we talked about the role of God as our shepherd, of Jesus as our shepherd, as well as the role of an earthly shepherd, so a pastor. Um, And we talked about how pastors in particular as shepherds are charged by God to be a keeper of the flock. They're charged to be a guardian or a protector of the flock. They're called to be a shearer of the flock, and they are also called to be a feeder of the flock. And so those were kind of the things we mentioned last time. Uh, Today we're going to look at the role and the function of a sheep. And I have to say, I really enjoyed worship this morning. Uh, It was fabulous. I don't know if you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. God's awesome. But I am a little disappointed, Carlene. Because she's like going white over there. Because, you know, usually when we have a message series going on, we try to pick songs that go with a theme. So I was really hoping that you would sing, I just want to be a sheep. (laughs) (laughs) And you didn't. Very disappointing. Everyone say, See, world domination. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay, my kids are like, Mom, did you just bring a sheep puppet to church? Yes, I did. And I'm like, I must look so poofy. Anyhow, so, no, worship was awesome. Uh, but that song just came to mind this week. But I want to talk this uh, morning about the role of a sheep. It's actually mentioned over 200 times in the Bible. And for the most part, when it mentions sheep, it actually talks about us as sheep, not just uh, sheep. But Psalm 100 and verse 3 says, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. See, sheep, I believe that God calls us sheep because sheep have, has a very, have a very positive ability to follow and respond to the voice of the shepherd and to work together like very few animals would. Um, sheep also have no claws and no teeth. They're pretty defenseless um, on their own. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, but a sheep can stand shortly after birth. Uh, they basically, they're born and then they stand up. But what, what a healthy um, sheep family <laughs> does is that they come around the newborn and they actually make sure that they're always in the middle. So the lambs are always in the middle so that they're safe and protected by the rest of the flock. Um, but the, the reality is that a sheep needs a shepherd. And a sheep needs to be with other sheep to stay healthy. They need to also be in a fold uh, to stay safe and to stay healthy. And so I think there's a lot that we can learn from sheep as we just take, take a look at and examine what it is that God has to say about us. Now, um, I will say this, that in a fold, in a sheepfold, and if we liken that to the church, there's a lot of different people. So the reality is that we're all on a separate journey. 
And we're all, we all have a different function. We all have a different purpose. But if I can say it like this, every sheep is important. And if you think of the parable uh, of, the, of the lost sheep, it literally says that the shepherd loves his sheep so much that if one went missing, he would literally leave the 99 others. He would put them into the fold, make sure they're safe and sound. But he actually would go out and search for that one sheep until he finds it. And so I want you to hear this morning that you are important. You are so important that if you are ever straying and if you're ever getting a little bit lost, God literally has a GPS system, God's positioning service. Um, and he literally it has it's zoned in on you and he would do anything and everything that it takes to go out and find you. Because he loves you so very much. So when you look at the other sheep in a flock, you need to realize that you are important. That you are vital to the flock. That you are not less important than any other sheep. But literally, God has placed you and purposed you for a greater purpose than just your own enjoyment. Because he sees you as part of this thing called a flock. Now... I did some studying about sheep, and so this is actually not that deep and biblical. Uh, We'll get to that part. But I just want to share with you uh, some really interesting facts that I found out about sheep as I did uh, this studying. And there's four different types of sheep um, that any shepherd would deal with. And so I'm not trying to read into this. You can read into it all on your own. Um, But four different types of sheep that every shepherd actually has categorized. You could probably... Google this if you want, uh, because it's literally common knowledge amongst shepherds, that there's one sheep called the solitary sheep. So these are sheep um, that you may need to be aware of, these four different categories, that may not always um, function in the way they were supposed to. So I just want to give you that, and then for the rest of the time, we're going to talk about what it means to be a healthy sheep in good function. But it's called a solitary sheep. Now, the solitary sheep stays away from other sheep. And they usually stay away from the shepherd because they don't want to mingle or mix. Some of those sheep don't like the new sheep. And some of those sheep don't like the old sheep because they, they're just, they don't like other sheep, plain and simple. And so, so the solitary sheep will often think that others will steal its food or, or bother it. Have you ever met people like that? Don't take my food. It's my food. It's my thing. My calling. My thing right? Um, and no, any, no one is ever like that, I know. Um, but, but it's interesting to see that the solitaire sheep um, has this thing of independence, and it wasn't the way that a sheep was made. So I believe that if we liken this to, to people in church, I think that oftentimes people that have this quality of a solitaire sheep are often hurt, and they're often hurt because of previous experiences. And if I can say this, the best way to deal with a solitaire sheep is not to reprimand it, the best way to deal with a solitary sheep is to love it and to show it that it's important. Show that sheep that you love them, that you care for them, and that you can literally show them the the gentleness and the love and the care that they need to realize that they too can be part of that flock and they're not threatened by anyone or anything, but they can become part of that. And if I can say this, often solitary sheep have a hard time trusting. And so... The reality is that it takes time to build trust. So it's a fine balance between taking that time, putting that time in to build trust, but you can't also avoid people because trust is built by knowing people, right? And so if I can say this, if we encounter any solitary sheep, we need to love, love, and love them to show them that they have a place and a purpose um, in the fold. The second thing is a hermit sheep. Uh, Now, now a hermit sheep... um, does not want to be sheared. So when they, literally, an actual sheep, they'll hear the shearing tool, 
you know. And they'll be like, I'll be right back. And then, <laughs> you know, then they walk off and they take off. And oftentimes, if they're in an open space, they'll take off in the woods, literally. And I'm not kidding. Like, shepherds would tell you this until they hear the thing go off. And then they're like, oh, look at that. I'm back. Oh, did I miss anything? Right? <laughs> so, so hermit sheep do not like to be sheared. They don't understand that part of the role and function of a sheep is to give their wool. That's a very vital function of this sheep. And so uh, if I can say it like this, God created us to be givers. God created us to be givers. Think of even the way your heart was, was formed. Uh, if you have a, a healthy heart, anyways, <laughs> there is always something pumping in and immediately pumping out. Pumping in and pumping out, pumping in and pumping out, pumping in and pumping out. And I believe that God made us that way because he wants to show us at the very core of who we are. He created us to receive and to give and to receive and to give and to receive and to give. And how many know if it was only pumping in, we'd have a problem, (laughs) a big one, quickly. If it's only pumping out, there's going to be an equally big problem. So God wants us to position ourselves as sheep of his pasture to receive and to give, to receive and to give. And don't be like the hermit sheep. <laughs> you know, when James gets up here and, well, today I want to talk, I think I need to use the bathroom, right? Um, so so we, we're not afraid of talking about this idea of giving in our church because we know that together as we're generous, then we can accomplish the very purpose that God has placed us in the city to do. Amen. Amen. That was a very good word, Sandra. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But if I can say it this way, many times hermit sheep in the natural, the actual sheep, will, uh, will just let the wool grow and grow and grow until it literally starts uh, growing over its eyes. And it can walk off a cliff or walk into something or walk right into danger zone and it won't even know. And ultimately, and I'm back to, to actual sheep now, ultimately its wool grows so long that if you have a good rainfall, they actually fall over from the weight of the wool and they cannot get back up unless a shepherd comes and helps them. The other sheep can't even get it up. So they need, at that point, they need a shepherd to come, get them up, drag them in, and go, and go um, and help them with that wool. But I believe that God created us with a giving nature. The third thing is the wandering sheep. Now, if I can say this, these are sheep that are disconnected. Um, But not just disconnected, but often discontented. And they just always feel these sheep, that they're never satisfied. So wherever the shepherd takes them, they're always looking somewhere else. And they're always looking for a hole in the fence. They're always looking for somewhere else to go, somewhere else to feed, some other grass that looks greener. But can I tell you this morning that the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And so if if you're not experiencing green grass, maybe you should start watering your grass. And don't be like the wandering sheep that likes to wander off. Um, the, the danger with this particular sheep in the natural is that it does what no other sheep will do. It will solicit the young of the flock. And it will, when it finds that hole in the fence, they'll say, hey, want to go for an adventure? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you like that one, Richard. Um, but, but literally, it'll start soliciting the other sheep and usually the young ones of the flock. And do you want to know what a natural shepherd does with this sheep? Thank you. Do you want to know what they do? Well, they, at this point, they've already tried to call it. That's usually the solitaire sheep, they call it. Remember, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, remember that rod and staff? They walk over and they come, come here, little fluffy, 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 come close, come to mama. And then they take the rod, and you know what they do? 
they go, kapow, and they break the legs. Want to break your leg? Um, um, but if I can say this, it looks very cruel, and oftentimes the other sheep are like, whoa, I can't believe you just did that, right? But can I tell you why the shepherd breaks the legs? And I'm just talking about natural sheep. We are not breaking your legs in the church, okay? <laughs> so next time I say, come here. That's not why. Mel's like, no, no, I won't come. I will not come to your house. Um, but in the natural, you know what the shepherd does? Is he breaks the leg and then he lifts that sheep or lamb onto his shoulders. And he will literally carry that sheep while it is healing and while it is getting restored and strengthened again. And he will carry that sheep until it is whole again. Why? Because every day that sheep hears the voice of the shepherd. This, is, this happens in the natural. And they will listen to the voice of the shepherd and hear the voice, get to know the smell, get to know intimately who that shepherd is. And at the end of that healing process, that sheep knows the shepherd's voice better than anybody else. I think that's beautiful. So you know those beautiful Sunday school pictures of Jesus with the little lamb on his shoulders? I have now ruined it forever because now you know why the sheep is there. It was a wandering sheep because no sheep in its right mind will stay on your shoulders. So that's it. The fourth thing is... um, the cast sheep. This is uh, actually a problem sheep because it always leaves, it leads other sheep astray and because it doesn't like to get in trouble on its own. It likes to take people with it and that kind of sheep will actually see other sheep lying down. It'll go over, it'll, it will push it over just to get in its shade, right? And those sheep are actually pretty dangerous. And uh, I'm not even going to tell you what the shepherd does with those sheep. I will leave that to your own imagination. Uh, but if I can say this, there's times in church life When there is sheep like that, that do come around and that are only out to cause harm. And that is when you will see a shepherd step in and bring some discipline and reprimand to sheep for the sake of the flock. And so that does happen in church as well, but it's because your shepherd, if it's a good shepherd, loves you enough to protect you for those who are going to either hurt you, wound you, or lead you astray. So are we good with those ones? And if I can say this, God always has a heart of restoration. His heart is always to restore. But those are just interesting facts I found about different types of sheep. But I want to talk to you today about what does it mean to be a sheep in the house of God? What is it that God has called us to do? So I want to talk to you first about eight responsibilities of a sheep toward a shepherd in the house of God. Last time I talked about the responsibility of a shepherd toward a sheep. But this time I want to flip it around. And first of all, number one, I want to say that we need to recognize our need for a shepherd. Uh, so, um, Numbers 27, 16 to 17 says this, May the Lord appoint a man over this community to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in, so the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. All throughout the Bible, it talks about this idea of God's people should not be like sheep without a shepherd because God has placed shepherds in people's lives because they need them. And, and if I can say this, it breaks my heart when I see people that feel like they don't need a shepherd. They don't need anybody to tell them what to do because they, they have the answer to all life's questions all on their own. And if I can say this, you're missing out on the heart of God because the heart of God is to place people in your lives. We've had so many times in our lives where literally we've had people speak into our lives, sometimes with encouragement, sometimes with correction, sometimes just with some direction. And I'm telling you right now that it's a God-ordained place. But no one can speak into your life if you don't want them to. And so first and foremost, we need to recognize that 
We need a shepherd. And I can say this, this, this idea of thinking that we're okay on our own is actually a, a pretty dangerous idea. The, the very word used for sheephold literally means a hedged-in place or a restrained place. It talks about the safety of being under the guidance of a shepherd. I mentioned last time the idea of not just finding pasture, but finding a pastor. And that's the idea of it, is that we need that role, each and every one of us in our lives, because God ordained it. And if I can say it like this, a sheep without a shepherd is helpless and defenseless. Again, back to the, to the natural sheep, because sometimes we have this ability to just walk away or stray without even noticing. And that's when a good shepherd will come and start calling your name and saying, I'm, I'm seeing just a little bit of straying here. Can we help you? Right? The second thing is this. Do not despise their youth. Do not despise their youth. Second, 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Do not like, let anyone think of less... Oh, little. Let me start over. Do not let anyone think less of you because you are young, but be an example to all believers. Just like with earthly authority, you know how it says in the Bible that God ordains authority? Um, same thing within the church. Sometimes he ordains someone into the shepherding role. And I'm just not just talking about a lead shepherd, but people within the congregation that have a shepherding role. And they may be younger than you in the physical. They may be, even be younger than you in the spiritual. But when God ordains it, he literally sets them in to give them the voice and the care and the love and the heart of a shepherd. And so if I can say this, there's, if we embrace the idea of, of literally um, being open to whatever God has for us, then don't despise people's youth, but respond to the very position God has put them in, because God extends authority to people regardless of age. And if I can say this, sometimes the greatest test of maturity is how we respond to someone who's younger than us. Can we be honest this morning? Right? And so if we have a true heart of of being open, then we're going to recognize when God Put someone in our lives in that role. Number three, we follow their example and leadership. John 10, 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. A sheep's safety is to stay with the flock under the guidance and the protection of the shepherd. And they must learn to recognize and know the shepherd's voice. And if I can say it like this, you become like who you're around. That's why I love our church family. I love it. I love coming to church because regardless of who you are, if you're new to the church or if you've been around since day one, you are welcome and you are loved. And we have fun. Is it okay to have fun in church? Well, thank you. Because I think that there's something to be said for a good, healthy church culture. And when we follow and respond to a shepherd's voice, then before you know it, you will be quoting Cameron jokes. And you may even act like him. And people are like, no! And ultimately, you will cheer for the best team in the world. And that, that would be the Maple Leafs. Thank you very much. That's right. And the last shall be first. There we go. Uh, but this idea of following the example and leadership. Uh, If you truly embrace a shepherd in your life, then you will follow and respond to their leadership. And if they are not worthy of of you to follow them, if if you feel like there's questioning things, then I encourage you to talk to your shepherd um, and 
and um, make sure that you communicate in that relationship. Number four, honor your leaders. Esteem them highly is really what that means. And if I can say this, uh, when, people, when God puts leaders in place, he puts them there because he desires for us to honor their place. And if I can say it like this, honor the office of where they're put. How many have ever been under a boss or a supervisor that was not very nice? Well, well, have I... <laughs> My, no, that was in my past. So anyhow, <laughs> I just got myself into trouble. No, um, <laughs> I did not just do that. Um, but still, have you ever had that challenge of knowing that you need to honor their precision even when you disagree? Well, it's no different in church, even more so in church. The good thing is that mo- for the most part, we agree because we have a common vision and a common goal and a common purpose, and it's easy. But the challenge comes in as sheep when we have something that we're like, Eh, I don't know about that. Will you still honor the position that God has placed in your life? It says this, 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 to 13 says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor, or the New King James Version says, recognize those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with one another. The beauty of what I would call mutual honor is that it's, it's just such an easy thing. Because it, we talked about the role of a shepherd a couple of weeks ago, right? That if you have a shepherd that's a servant leader and that has a heart of God for you, it's a whole lot easier to honor them because they honor you. And then you honor them and they honor you. And that's the way God meant it to be. Number five, cooperate with their leadership. Hebrews 13 verse 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. No pressure for the shepherd. Ah, give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. And this idea of cooperating with the leadership. As a sheep, God has called us to first and foremost cooperate with him and do what he says. But he's also placed us under leaders in our lives. And we are called to literally honor and, and cooperate. And if I can use this big word that people can't stand in our culture today, submit. And can I tell you the greatest definition, this actually comes from Ray, but the greatest definition of submission that I ever heard was the idea of breaking that word up and sub literally means under, right? So submission literally means to come under someone's mission. When we approach life that way and when we approach church life that way and realize that when God says that we are to honor, to submit to our leaders, is literally saying to come under the mission that God has given them. And so if I can say it this way, if we come under the mission and the vision of Impact Church that God himself has ordained, then we're unstoppable because we become a force that are united, that are together, and that are working together submission to the vision of God for this church and for this city. Amen. Amen. And so as sheep, God has literally called us to come under and to follow. And think about this. Nothing can stop us if we're united. Think about the 12 disciples. 12. They started a world movement because they had a common goal and vision. And I think if we can understand that God has called us to work together rather than work against each other, then we can see great things happen. And if I can just put one little, um, whatever it's called, out there, is that I think there's a balance in this between blind obedience, as in checking your brain out and doing anything and everything and drinking the Kool-Aid. You hear me? Yes. 
<laughs> That's right. Everyone, put your pinky up. Very few people are doing it right now. What's up with that? You need to submit. <laughs> no, just kidding. But the the reality the reality is that blind obedience is not good. Use the reasoning and and the what God has given you. But the other extreme of that is when when people feel like they're ordained by God to be the challenger. <laughs> you know, have you ever encountered? No, never. You've never encountered anyone like that. Okay, well, that's good. So there's a, there's a healthy balance, if I can say, with this idea of submission. Um, but ultimately, a sheep will co- cooperate and work together with each other in a flock because there's nothing that's impossible if we understand that God has placed us together for a greater purpose than just our individual plans. God has placed us together so that we can become a force to be reckoned with. Amen? Amen. Number six, support them financially. Galatians 6, verse 6 says, Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing on all good things with them. 1 Corinthians 9, 14 says, Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Cameron already mentioned this idea, but, but God's financial plan for mankind is brilliant. If, if we actually came into understanding of what it means when we all uh, literally... Uh, invest into the kingdom of God, then nothing is impossible. And I agree with his prayer that I believe that we can come to a place where we freely give and freely invest so that there is nothing that's held back that God wants to do for such a, a limiting thing as finances. I believe we can get to that place where we understand that when we invest into the kingdom, part of being a sheep is that we need to share our will, not for a person, but to give to God what belongs to God so that he can extend his kingdom on this earth. Amen? Are you with me? That was fewer amens. <laughs> Acts 20 verse 35 says, It's more blessed to give than to receive. Can I say this? We are blessed out of our socks in our family for all the blessings that God brings our way, and he finds ways to do it. Sometimes it's through a letter in the mail. Sometimes it's through a person. Sometimes it's just all these different ways. But can I tell you, it's exciting. and we're, It's an exciting life to live. But can I tell you what excites me even more? is when I get to deliver something to someone else. When I get to meet a need. I'm, I'm just being honest. I love when he gives us stuff and we're so eternally grateful. But I love it when we get to be part of something, meet someone's need, invest into someone, and see God's answer to prayer come to pass because of something that I stepped out in faith to do. See, God has called us to be giver. And he literally says it's more blessed to give than to receive because he knows that that's how he created us. He created us to give, and there's something in you that comes alive when you become a giver and when you realize that that's our role and our function. And if I can say this, it goes beyond just financial support, but invest yourself into the kingdom. Invest yourself into your local church. Come, attend, and be part of the the programs, the outreaches, and the work, because we can't do it without you. We're called to do it together. Amen. Thank you very much. That was good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, number seven, do not be overly critical of, them, of your shepherd. And if I can say it like this, 1 Timothy 5.19 says, do not listen to an accusation against an elder unless it's confirmed by two or three witnesses. And can I say this? Accountability is healthy. And process and procedure is healthy. And there's a place for that, and that has to be in place in a church. If that's not in place, then something needs to be adjusted. But the other side of that is that trust is equally as important. And to build trust in your leaders 
is equally as important. Because true relationship can only come out of that place of finding trust in one another. So if I can encourage you to say, we, we love communicating. If you don't know that about us by now, we're always open to communication. If some, something, you're seeing something that you're not quite understanding, why, why we're doing something, feel free to come talk to us. But there's a difference between always wondering, well, what's up with that? Why are they doing that? And saying, can you help me understand? And how many know sometimes we don't simply always know everything behind every decision, right? And so this idea um, is, again, something to keep in mind. Uh, number eight, pray for them regularly. If, I can, if you can remember one point for the role of a sheep, this is what I would ask you to remember. Please keep praying for your leader. First Thessalonians 5.25 says, Dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. If I can say no one knows the spiritual warfare and battle that goes on against leaders, not just pastors, but leaders. And so if you think of it, would you please commit, if you can remember one thing as the role of a sheep, is to pray for the leaders that God has placed in your life. Because we need to uplift one another, to support one another, to pray for one another. So that's the role of a sheep toward a shepherd. Now I want to quickly talk about eight responsibilities toward our fellow sheep. If I can call it our fellowship. I thought of that one all on my own. Thank you. But towards our our fellow church members... Number one, provide help in the time of need. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. I remember when my father passed away almost 11 years ago now, we got the phone call at 2 o'clock in the morning, and no, it was not to fix our pipes, um, but it was um, to say that my dad had passed away. And by 7 o'clock in the morning, my natural family was at our doorstep and taking care of us and doing everything they could. But within half an hour after that, we had our entire, at the time, our our small group, our life group, at our doorstep. And they had already pulled together enough money to take Cameron, me, and Josiah over to Sweden to go and tend to things there. And, And so between our natural family and our spiritual family, in a moment... We were just taking care of everything. They're like, don't even think about things. Just go do what you have to do. Go get Josiah's passport. Book the ticket. We're looking for you. We're making you dinner. We're taking care of Josiah so you can go and take care of the the stuff, right? And I can say there's nothing as powerful as when you're in a time of need and your family comes around you. And we, I think that's one thing we do well here. And that's why we give meals to those who have babies. And, and when you're in the hospital, we go visit. Because we love people. And you know how we said you become like who you're around. We're around a whole bunch of people that love people. And that's a great thing. Because when we all love on each other, all of a sudden you see sheep taking care of sheep. Naturally without someone saying, well, you should probably go and visit in the hospital. Well, by the time Cameron got there on Friday night with Mackenzie, there's already been three people there. He's like... Whoa, (laughs) like, wait a minute. (laughs) And he just heard of it. So when we can understand the role of sheep towards sheep is to provide time, help in the time of need, then we start seeing a healthy body of believers where no one is forgotten or neglected. Number two, bear each other's burdens. Galatians 2, 6, verse 2 and 10 says, Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. 
When you see someone, bear their burdens. Think of when Joe's mom was in the hospital. The church rallied around him and believed God for this woman to literally get out of her sickbed. And she walked out of that hospital, even though they said she would never make it out. Because there was a family outside of Joe's natural family. And they were there. They were supported too. But there was a spiritual family that literally came around and were bearing his burdens. James Ant just passed away over the weekend. You know, send him an email. Go give them a hug. Go care for them. Go ask them, how are you guys doing? They're far away. I know how frustrating it is to be far away. Let's carry each other's burdens. Pray for each other. Suffer when others suffer. Rejoice when others rejoice. It's bearing each other's burdens. Number three, provide love and security. And this is what we talk about when we say that we want to be a place that is filled with love, filled with care, where we watch over each other, literally where we make sure that we're a safe place for people because we know that God has called us to provide that love and security. John 13, verse 34 to 35 says, So now I am giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We become irresistible, if you will, when we are so filled with love for one another that people go, they must have been with Jesus. Because there's no way you could love each other that deeply unless there is a greater bond. So when we love each other the way God wants us to love each other, then literally it'll make the world turn its head and go, what is that? I'll have what they're having, right? And so we need to provide love and security. And number four, accountability. Provide a place of accountability for one another. Galatians 6, 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly or spiritual should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Sometimes in the life of relationships within the church. We need to provide accountability and sometimes some truth. Love is absolutely important, but truth is equally as important. And God always speaks truth with a heart of restoration because he wants us set free. And so when you're, it talks about here how we can gently and humbly help people back when they are falling into temptation, when they are falling into sin, would you be that accountability to them? Would you be that support to them that come along and say, you can get through this, you can leave that behind? Would you be that today? A safe place of not just love and security, but also accountability with a heart of restoration. Number five, involvement. Towards our fellowship, we need to provide a place of involvement. If I can say, it's a place to function and to serve. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. 1 Peter 4, 10 says, God has given each of you a gift of his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve yourself. Oh, okay. Sorry, did I say something there? Use them well to serve one another. God has given you gifts so that you can serve one another. That's the role of a sheep. And if I can say this, God has a special place, a special calling, a special function for everybody. So you need to find your place. And if I can say this, God didn't create sheep to trample other sheep in order to get into the place they want. That's what the world does. It's called corporate America. 
That's not the way God called a sheepfold to function, the church to function. Instead, he calls us to encourage each other, to cheerlead each other on, and to be happy for one another. When, when someone else get, gets promoted, will you rejoice with them and encourage them and say, yes, I'm so happy for you. I'm seeing the plan and the purpose of God come to fruition in your life. And don't worry about what they're doing. Worry about what God has for you. And as each person starts to fall into place with your calling, your place, your purpose, your destiny, we will start to see, just like a puzzle, we will start to see a beautiful picture form of what God has called this church to do. And we need you. We need every one of you. And no function is more important than any other function. So many people get so caught up on what someone else is doing and they feel like that's more important. But can I say, if there's one puzzle piece missing, have you ever had that? It's so frustrating. My kids love doing puzzles and when they're missing one piece, it's like, because it's incomplete. And if I can say it, if you're not functioning in the place and the purpose and the, and the destiny that God has called you, it's incomplete. So don't worry about all the other pieces and what shape they have. Instead, plug in to what God has called you to do. And then there's no competition, and it's freeing. And God didn't say that one place was more important than the other. He simply said that he needs you to fulfill your call and your purpose on your life. Are you with me? Amen. Number six, protect one another. True love protects and covers. That's why we talk about Matthew 18, the biblical process of conflict resolution. Would you commit to doing that? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go and read Matthew 18 and literally see how God has called us to protect one another. He's called us to communicate to one another, to not spread rumors and gossip about one another, but instead, if there is an issue, come and talk to the person immediately, and almost everything is diffused right at that level. Then it talks about what to do if you can't work it out just between two of you. But if I can say this, Proverbs 18, 17 says, the first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and cross-examines him. In other words, always listen to both sides of the story. Protect one another. Don't just jump on something you hear through the grapevine. But let us be a place where we love and protect one another and deal compassionately with those who differ. Some people run from differences, but if I can say it, embrace them. Talk them through, and you'll see that at the end of that, you will have a deeper relationship than you had before. Pastor Frank used to say a relationship is not a true relationship until it's tested. And I'm like, ew, (laughs) I don't like that. But it's so true. The more we communicate and the more we run to one another, God deepens our relationships. Number seven, encourage one another. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Be life-giving to other people. Encourage them and supply life and strength to those around you because that's what God has called you to do, to be life-giving rather than draining. God wants us to lift up one another. And when you're in time of need, someone else is going to come and help you. That's the beauty of it all. So encourage one another. And if I can say this, a great church doesn't just happen. A great church happens when we each take our part and role and responsibility and become everything that God has called us to be and cheerlead each other on to become who God has called other people to be. Amen? Number eight and last one, commit to unity. Not uniformity, not where everyone is the same, looks the same, and does the same. Cheers for the same hockey team, maybe. (laughs) I know that was a hard word. We need to go home and pray about that. But commit to unity. 
First Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you are perfectly united in mind and in thought. God has called us to this place of committing to unity where we work with each other, not against each other, where we're not competing with one another, but we're literally coming together in unity. And God says that there is nothing impossible. When Even the Tower of Babel, God had to say, whoa, they are really united here, and they're going to accomplish what they set out to do. Because the reality is that a united people is a strong people. And so if I can say this, commit to unity. So we need to look at ourselves, because who we are on the inside affects who we are on the outside. And so when we've gone through all these different parts of being a sheep, you know, maybe there's something where you feel like, oh, maybe I could adjust there. Maybe I need to adjust there. I'm doing this pretty good. I, I don't know if I'm even doing that. I never thought of this. But as we look at ourselves and examine ourselves, when we become the best sheep that God has called us to be and the best we could ever be, what happens is the beauty is that the body becomes healthy. And ultimately, a healthy sheep will be healthy when their shepherd is healthy. But then we also must recognize that the greatest call and purpose for each sheep is to produce lambs into the fold. And if you have a shepherd that's healthy, that can shepherd you and you can respond with health and security and love, then you are a healthy sheep that can give birth to a healthy lamb. And there's nothing more beautiful than that. When you see people that get a hold of the purpose and plan of God on their life and they're so excited, they bring other people in and they get them all excited because God is doing great things in our midst. And so when we understand that our role is simply to encourage one another and to be the best that you can be, then we realize that a healthy environment becomes absolutely irresistible. It's an environment that you can't wait to go to. Because it is irresistible. And ultimately, Psalm 133 says this, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren, brothers and sisters, to dwell together in unity. And then verse 3 says, For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Do you want to be part of a church like that, that has the commanded blessing of God? Not just little blessings here and there, but literally the commanded blessing of God. Would you stand with me today? Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com. 